Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's shaking, cocktail fans? Welcome to episode 161 of the Modern Bar Cart podcast. I'm your host, Modern Bar Cart CEO, Eric Koslick. Thanks for joining us for another interview episode where we track down the best and brightest minds in the spirits and cocktail world so that we can share their secrets with you. This time around, we have an incredible treat. Caroline Rosen, Executive Director of the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation, joins me to talk about how the biggest and most important cocktail conference in the country is forging ahead and offering digital seminars, wait for it, for free this year. This is huge for a whole slew of reasons, but before I spill all the tasty details, let's pause just for a moment so that you can make yourself a drink. This episode's featured cocktail is the Hurricane, a cocktail synonymous with both New Orleans and the French Quarter. Over the past 160 episodes or so, we've featured pretty much all of the classic cocktails from that kind of ubiquitous New Orleans canon, the Sazerac, the Vucare, the Ramos Gin Fizz, and more. So it just makes sense that we round things out here with the Hurricane. To make it, you'll need... You know what? I gotta say, this is the first cocktail for which I can't even begin to provide a recipe. If you're a regular listener, you know I always rail about the completely inconsistent drink recipes on the first page of Google that make me lose my faith in humanity, or at least in cocktail publications. But the hurricane is on another level entirely. The common ingredients seem to be two ounces of dark rum, two ounces of light or white rum, some amount of passion fruit, either in syrup or puree format, which, by the way, are very different, and some sort of citrus juice, usually lemon or lime. Now, you might be wondering at this point why I'm bothering to give you a cocktail recipe as cloudy as the one I just spat out. Well, one reason is that some ungodly percentage of first-time visitors to New Orleans visit the birthplace of the Hurricane Cocktail, Pat O'Brien's, and the history of this bar, coupled with the supposed origin story of the cocktail, are actually kind of compelling. Pat O'Brien is a gentleman who ran a speakeasy in the French Quarter during Prohibition, and according to legend, the password for this illicit bar was Storm's Bruin, right? There's your hurricane connection. Later on, When drinking was legal again, he purchased a sprawling residential building and converted it to a bar with an attractive courtyard and a dueling piano stage, which is still popular to this day. I've been there, and as you'd expect, it's pretty much all tourists and bachelorette parties. And yet, Pat O'Brien's is pretty much the undisputed home of the Hurricane Cocktail. See, in the wake of Prohibition and during World War II, there was a glut of rum from the Caribbean because everyone was suddenly obsessed with all the stuff they couldn't get previously, like whiskey and imported stuff from Europe. And because the military efforts abroad had a lot of manufacturers of alcohol pivoting to help the war effort, well, you can see why some distributors out there wanted to really get rid of all that rum that they had coming in from down south. The following statement comes directly from the Pat O'Brien's website. Quote, In the 1940s, many U.S. distilleries were used to manufacture necessities for wartime, and domestic liquor was scarce. However, rum coming up the Mississippi River from the Caribbean islands was plentiful. In order to buy a case of bourbon, for example, there was a strong incentive to purchase large quantities of rum. With general manager George Oxner Jr. at the helm, the folks in the bar experimented with recipes and eventually everyone agreed that passion fruit was a hit. A glass shaped like a hurricane lamp was the perfect vessel and the hurricane drink became New Orleans' favorite libation." End quote. This reminds me of the popular origin story of the Moscow Mule cocktail, however apocryphal, where you saw beverage entrepreneurs take certain plentiful and perhaps undervalued ingredients and, using some marketing magic, turn them into trends that delighted people. Admittedly, the most popular comment about the Hurricane cocktail is that it's so sweet you can't taste the booze. And at a point in history where people were beginning to turn more and more toward vodka cocktails, orange juice drinks, and pre-batched sour mixes, 
this was actually a feature, not a bug. Fast forward to today, you've got Pat O'Brien selling jugs and powdered packets of their hurricane mix, as well as a bunch of hackneyed DIY recipes on the internet that involve Hawaiian fruit punch. It's all slightly reminiscent of a frat party, especially when you consider the ingredients that frequently bastardize the formulation. Galliano, of Harvey Wallbanger fame, grenadine, possibly why the cocktail at Pat O'Brien's is red instead of orange, and other fruit juices like pineapple and orange juice. Now, one thing all these ingredients I just listed have in common is a good amount of sugar, which suggests that you need something, or perhaps multiple things, to sweeten your drink and take the edge off all that booze and acidity in the hurricane. So keep that in mind as you're seeking out the best cocktail recipe for you. This is the type of challenge I think today's home bartenders are uniquely suited to tackle because the ingredients should really be available, even the passion fruit puree or syrup, online or at your local grocery store, and you can really dial in the recipe to suit your personal palate, which is something you can't always get when you go to a bar in a different city. One last note. In terms of consistency, it's a bit ironic that the garnish for the Hurricane cocktail is about the only thing that seems to carry over with complete accuracy from recipe to recipe. They all call for an orange wheel or half wheel and a maraschino cherry. In the spirit of this cocktail, it's normally a firebird red artificial cherry, but I'd highly recommend subbing in a brandied cherry if you've got one. So now that you're either inspired or confused by possibly the most popular cocktail in the French Quarter, let's turn our attention back to the interview. In this timely conversation with Caroline Rosen, executive director of the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation, some of the topics we discuss include the history of Tales of the Cocktail, from its humble origins as a walking tour soaked in history and booze, to its current status at the cutting edge of international spirits and cocktail conferences. How Tales of the Cocktail actually operates, and believe me, it's complicated. There's educational seminars, pop-up events, bar takeovers, second-line parades, chance celebrity encounters in hotel lobbies, and a whole lot more besides. What Tales of the Cocktail has done to pivot in the wake of the COVID-19 coronavirus, including all the details about their free, let me say that again in case you missed it, free digital education and networking opportunities that will be announced on August 31st. We also cover a bunch of other topics, including the yearly Oscars of the cocktail world, aka the Spirited Awards, the uncommon economic impact the event has on the service industry sector of the Big Easy, the legendary mid-July aroma of Bourbon Street after a fresh rain, and much, much more. If you're interested in a live, recorded set of impressions from last year's in-person Tales of the Cocktail event, check out episode 108, which we'll link to in the show notes. It's not just industry folks like me, but a bunch of my friends who attended for the first time. So you get a lot of really genuine hot takes on the event. But for now, let's take advantage of the hour I got to spend chatting with the person who's responsible for orchestrating all of the TOTC festivities, both in this year's digital format and also when the event returns live and better than ever. Please enjoy this conversation with Tales of the Cocktail Executive Director, Caroline Rosen. Caroline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. So we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about, um, particularly some of the amazing things that the Tales of the Cocktail team has done to kind of salvage this pandemic-stricken event for this year. But before we get into all that, how about you just uh, give us a brief introduction of uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. I'm Caroline Rosen. I'm the president of Tales of the Cocktail Foundation. Um, I surround myself with a lot of amazing people and I just help keep things on track these days. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Clubs have all evolved so much. I, I think we do a little bit of everything, but, um, no, I mean, that's, that's my, that's, that's what my primary gig right now. <laughs> mm, uh, the very humble introduction, because obviously you were required to wear a lot of hats and, and, you know, kind of, uh, call the shots between a lot of different people to make this giant event, uh, occur. Uh, but I, maybe we can get a better sense of, of, 
exactly what you do if you kind of walk our listeners through how you came to Tales of the Cocktail mm -hmm. and, and maybe what this event is and what it means. Because unless you've really been to one, it's, it's a little bit hard to describe. So why don't you give it your best shot and I will fill in some details from the three that I have personally attended. Okay, perfect. Well, just a little bit about me and, and, and my passion is uh, I'm originally from the South. I'm based here in New Orleans, Louisiana, and actually attended undergrad here. And growing up, New Orleans just always captivated me. Um, you know, I remember that when my husband and I first started dating here, we had the, is it Zagat? Is that how you say it? I, I can never. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No one's judging me right now. <laughs> uh, you know, before we had like the internet, really, <laughs> we had it, but it was still, and we would go through and we'd look at different restaurants and bars that we would want to, like, that's how we celebrated. And we started collecting menus from these places and that was such a huge part of our lives and it's been a huge part of like entertaining and community growing up. And I had an opportunity after attending Tulane, I lived in Washington DC for a little bit and I was doing healthcare consulting. But right after that, I started working with a company called Mountain Valley Spring Water, which is the oldest bottled water in the United States. And I was really with it during its growth trajectory. And what I figured out when I was doing their marketing, so I started off in sales and I was like selling and I worked my way up to be their uh, chief marketing officer, was that if we really connected with bartenders and chefs, then it I didn't have to do anything, right? Like if these were the people, I guess I was like an OG, like brand ambassador before those were really happening. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. But um, it, it was really lovely. And, and that whole experience actually brought me to Tales. So I brought Mountain Valley as the first bottled water sponsor to Tales many, many moons ago. Um, had the opportunity to come back to New Orleans to run um, a chef's nonprofit here. And I founded Aron Sanchez's scholarship fund. I've always, wow. yeah, I've always loved nonprofits. Um, was Definitely always loved New Orleans, just our culinary community here. So the Solomon family and Neil Bodenheimer came to me in January of 2018 uh, with an opportunity to uh, take over the helm of this new chapter of Tales. And so Tales has been around for 18 years. Uh, we're the largest uh, spirits nonprofit in the world. And what it typically is, is it's typically it started off as just a cocktail walking tour. And today, well, in, in regular non-COVID times, we have 30,000 people come to New Orleans in the middle of July, where it's hotter than hell, but it's, <laughs> woo! But it's really amazing. And, and one of the things that really, um, really made me passionate about doing this, because I'm going to be completely honest, I said no to the job three times. I was like, I, I do not want to do this. I'd left some like tough, tough situations and I knew I was walking into a tough situation. And what I loved about Tales was the opportunity and just the passion of the people. I mean, Tales is a week long. There are over 350 events that happen. There are over 90 seminars. We have a home base at the Royal Sinesta, but it's like there's satellites everywhere. It's not just like a food and wine festival where you go and you get a wristband and you're in this contained space. It really celebrates the city and it celebrates the city of New Orleans during our toughest time of year, typically, and that's the summertime. Um, with all of these people coming in town, it has um, like an $8 million impact on our city. And when I was thinking about taking the job, I had friends that were bar owners and restaurant owners, and they were saying, Caroline, like, we can't make it throughout the year without tails. It's so important to the city of New Orleans. And then the more I got to learn about the community, I was like, tails is really important not just to the city of New Orleans, but to our community nationally and globally. And so my whole focus has been to, um, you know, kind of try to steady the cruise ship, <laughs> which it takes a long time to turn a cruise ship around um, and really bring some of those nonprofit themes to life. We started with our grants process that year and our education committees, our grants committees. And um, and so that that's what tails us. That's kind of what I do. Yeah. Yeah, as you were saying that, I I was reminded of of an exercise that I would do. I used to teach poetry workshops where where um, students would um, at the University of Maryland would would we we would come in, we'd workshop their poems, and at the end of the year, one of the exercises that I would always do with them is uh, we would 
kind of gather around and, and we would come up with metaphors for what poems are, right? So like, you know, there'd always be, oh, a poem is an onion, a poem is a gift, a poem is a this or a that. And so like, as you say all these things, well, you know, like I, I would love to see like bartenders and anybody who attends Tales do the same thing because like, what is Tales? Well, Tales the Cocktail is a giant party. It is an economic stimulus to the city of New Orleans. It is a premier educational opportunity for anybody who wants to buy a ticket, regardless of whether you are the beverage director for the biggest restaurant group in New York City, or you are just somebody who picked up Dave Wondrich's imbibe last month and on a whim decided you had some time to go down to New Orleans, right? So there, there's so many, so many ways to describe it, um, and, and and it means so much to so many people. And and I guess uh, to give you my background on on my mm-hmm. attendance of Tales, my understanding of what Tales is and what it does, I attended for the first time. I want to say in 2016. I think I did 2016, 2017, and 2019. Okay. So that brings us back to last year. So I did did three out of the last four years. I've been in attendance. Um, and uh, it's it's been it's been wonderful. I've been a part of tasting rooms where um, these these brands get to set up tables, demonstrate their spirits, uh, both straight and in cocktails. Uh, I've attended these amazing educational seminars, both kind of like on the theoretical side, but then also on the heavily tasting yeah. uh, side of things where you're really getting into the nitty gritty. One that I'm reminded of is um, the Apple seminar from last year where we had all these Apple brandy experts from around the world come in and we got to taste some phenomenal stuff from Laird's Applejack to we stuff that's made in France. Hands down the coolest cat ever. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it, you know, the, it, it's difficult for, for me to, you know, without going into a catalog, just a long list of things that I've seen and done at Tales, explain what Tales is. So hopefully our, our listeners will get a better and better sense as this interview wears on about, about what Tales is, because it really, it, you know, it changes from year to year. Right. Um, it really has a lot to do with the people who are in attendance. Um, and as you say, you know, one thing I do want to pull out of, of what you were mentioning before we move on here is the porousness of Tales of the Cocktail in that we have this base, as you described, in the Royal Sinesta Hotel, which is A, heart of the French Quarter, B, uh, beautiful, gorgeous, um, just exactly what you would imagine as like just peak French Quarterness in terms of luxury and aesthetics. And, uh, but, but, and yet we have all these satellite events. We have restaurant take, bar and restaurant takeovers going on all throughout Tales of the Cocktail. Uh, my my good friends at Lion Rum did a did a takeover. Um, oh goodness, now I'm forgetting the restaurant. It's uh, the beautiful, uh, probably one of the most famous restaurants uh, up near the Italian market there. Um, you Brendan's oh. last year? No, did they goodness. do? I can't. Anyway, sorry. I, I well, I'll stick it. I'll stick it in the show notes. I'm I'm embarrassed that I can't remember it now. Uh, although I can picture it quite 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 fully. Um. So so anyway, we we've got this massive event that that as you said brings this millions and millions of dollars into uh, New Orleans at a time when they desperately need it because uh, let's let's all face it. It's it's kind of miserable to be in the French Quarter. Uh, in the middle of July when it's 100 degrees and 100% humidity and you can just see the stink wafting down Bourbon Street, right? Literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but nonetheless... with that, right? Like there's something about like you just know it's coming and it's like I always tell people like my friends who like live on the West Coast and you know their hair is always beautiful. I'm like, here's the deal. Don't find <laughs> everyone else is going through it right like your hair is going to be frizzy you're going to be sweating everywhere you either embrace it or you don't i just i just full-on embrace it i'm always yep. a caftan that's like big and loose and i'm like you, you just got to run with it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's certainly something to plan for if you go there the first time and you <laughs> you didn't do any advanced research you might find yourself uh, going on an impromptu wardrobe shop um <laughs> so let's let's dig into like uh, a little bit more of a structured way to think about Tales of the Cocktail, because there's a number of different types of events. Mm-hmm. They're kind of generally grouped. So can you give our listeners a sense of the types of events 
uh, and seminars uh, being yep. a big part of that that are offered so that that we can understand how it's broken down and you know what you know assuming that people might be interested in attending in the future, what they might be most interested in. Well, I think this year is a perfect year to attend because it's free and open to the public. So there's no excuse. You can sign up, you can come pop in and out. And so the next year you can have boots on the ground here with us. But the way that you can think about it with Tails is first and foremost, we are here for education, obviously. It's education and community. And so our education is broken into three different buckets. And we really implemented this when we came in in 2018 because it was so hard to explain. And so if we look at the cocktail community, we have culture, we have business, and then we have beyond the bar. And beyond the bar is not only an education stream, but it's also an activation. So starting in 2018 and beyond the bar means everything from sustainability to inclusivity. So all of our beyond the bar programming since we started and it was new. And, and these are the tough topics that we're talking about right now. Like we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement more. We're talking about a diversity and inclusion. We're talking about sustainability, things that aren't typically thought of to be a part of the bartending profession. But as this profession has changed and as it has grown, we know that these are key, key components. Um, and so with our beyond the bar, so our education or seminars that you can come in, you usually buy a ticket. Again, it's all free and open to the public this year. So then we have tasting rooms. So this is an opportunity, you know, I always use, you know, this is an opportunity for people that own support brands from across the globe to really uh, share it with the world. So like a big example is, you know, St. Germain made their big debut many, many years ago at Tales. So you're always looking for trends and those happen. So once you have the educational seminars, you have the tasting rooms also there. Um, beyond the bar, which was going to be on site in the hotel this year, that that is free morning runs, yoga, um, classes that are a little bit more hands-on. We've had closed door sessions um, with wonderful people like Kat Kinsman, who are really giving an opportunity for people to tell. So that's kind of like the hotel with tales is encompassing. And then from there, we have a schedule. And a schedule is still very important this year. But since we do have so many activities, what we try to do is we try to make sure that it's all spread out throughout the day. So starting in the morning when we kick off uh, seminars, uh, we'll also kick off um, a lot of our partner events. So this is an opportunity for partners and for bars to create experiences. So Bacardi, for example, will come in and do La Grand Familia and they'll take over a space and they'll have different events in their space, usually within walking distance because since the hub is the Royal Sinesta. So you're literally walking around the French Quarter. You can look online in the schedule and you can say, hey, uh, Ryan Cheedy and Charlotte Voicey, uh, they are at Brennan's right now doing teeny martinis. I want to go run over there real quick and then I'll be back to see some seminars. So that happens throughout the week as we transition to the evenings. We have spirited dining and drinking. So these are opportunities for brands to really collaborate with our local establishments to create experiences. Um, these are usually like you can pay for a seat. Most of the things that we do are complimentary with our partners. Um, and then at night, we have really fun, engaging night parties. Um, and these are opportunities that are a little bit larger scale. Um, you're looking at anywhere from 250 to, to 2,000 people that can be accommodated within those events. So you go from like flowing events throughout the day with education into dinner, dining, and then like kind of these fun, like signature events. And typically um, what we do is like most people have a night of the week. So William Grant's on Wednesday, Bacardi's on Thursday, Diageo's on Friday. And you can kind of build that in and then other people will slot in. Um, a couple of other things that we do throughout the week um, is Dame Hall of Fame, which is where we honor um, women and people uh, and, and other people uh, that have really been instrumental to our industry. And we do that with a Friday lunch at our nose, which a Friday lunch is a very New Orleans thing. Uh, New Orleanians love taking a boozy Friday lunch, especially in the summertime when things are slower. And then we also have the Spirited Awards to wrap up the end of the week. So if you're not familiar with the Spirited Awards, um, if you're in the U.S., you can think this is like a James Beard specific uh, for spirits award or it's like the Grammys or the Oscars. It's global. 
Um, it's really, really fun if you're ever going into one of your favorite bars and you see a glass plate behind the bar, that's a spirited award. And I got to be honest, when I first came in, I was like, why is it a plate? Like, why is it a plate? And it was one of those <laughs> things that like, you know, when someone new comes in, they're always like, we got to change. We get, and everyone was like, just, just hold on that. And I was like, this is not the most pressing thing to fix. And after I've traveled and like seen it, it's just, it's not something that's going to change. It's beautiful (laughs) while we have a plate, but we have a plate and um, it's really fun. And this year I really wanted to get beignets for everyone, which is a very New Orleans like donut. Um, I had scheduled to have beignets for everyone who wanted to eat beignets off their plate. But we'll have to wait for next year. (laughs) Can't ship beignets. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not. And, uh, you know, for those of you listening, the Spirited Award is actually a nomination process. So if you felt really passionate, say about, mm, I don't know, some sort of audio programming that deals with spirits and cocktails, I imagine there would be some place you could go to nominate. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, you know, maybe yes. on the show notes page. <laughs> you need to nominate yourself, damn it. I say this every year, but um, yes, anybody that's watching, we have an open call for Spirited Awards every year. And they're I think, 27 or 29 different categories. It goes over podcasts and, you know, but the best journalism of the year, best bartender, best bar mentor. And I think we'll talk about this later, but we started last year with two amazing awards that I was really, really passionate about. And one of those is the the Philanthropic Award. You know, there are so many people in our community doing so many great things. And the other one was the Timeless Award. Um, We are, we're an old profession, but I think this, this moment of our history of craft cocktails has really been pretty recent. And Mm -hmm. we wanted an opportunity to really celebrate those bars that have been around for decades and decades before um, and dive a little bit deeper into that. So. Right. Yeah. It, it, again, like as we keep going into the details of what Tales is, it just seems to expand and expand in front of us. Um, I know that when I um, sign up for my seminars at Tales of the Cocktail, it feels almost like um, choosing your courses for the next semester at college yeah. because you're you're trying to slot them into your schedule in, in the correct way um, to make sure that you have time, you know, time to grab a bite to eat between them or time to, you know, do, do anything else you might need to do. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's incredibly exciting. And, and it it's a really customizable experience. Now, mm-hmm. when we went down in 2019, I went down with my my two co-founders and, and best friends, um, Ethan and Russell, and and uh, another couple friends. There was there there was a, a girlfriend involved as well. So it was a group of like five or six of us. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, some of us are in the industry. Some of us are just like purely casual uh, home enthusiasts. And it was uh, one of the things that was really fun was to compare everybody's experiences because everybody had a completely different experience. Everybody opted into completely different activations. Yeah. I was completely nerdy. I was like, okay, I got to get to my next class, guys. I got to go. Uh, while other people were like, nah, I think I'm just going to go ahead and uh, get in this other line here, see if I can get some oysters and uh, and uh, single malt scotch in this this tasting room over here. Uh, so in that respect, it is it is really customizable. And I, I love that about Tails. Yeah. Um, so so I think it's important to make that point because, um, you know, especially for our listeners who've never attended, who might be looking forward to taking advantage of the new digital offerings that we can get into in a second here, I, I think if I had one piece of advice, probably what I would say is make it your own. Um, it is so customizable and especially in the digital format, it's customizable like in your PJs. So, um, you know, I, I would say like, don't like when you, when you look at this stuff, don't look at it as there is some sort of template to follow, look at it as follow your passion, look at all the amazing things that are offered, knowing that you can only get to a little sliver of them and make that sliver the best possible sliver. I love this. We need to put you on like payroll. <laughs> you need to go pitch this to everyone. Everyone's like, how do you explain it? You just explained it perfectly. I love that. Can I steal that? Sure. Take it. It's yours. <laughs> it's yours. Um, so, so uh, obviously, uh, well, one thing we should mention is that uh, Tales of the Cocktail is also a very international 
event. Uh, one of the things that I'm always blown away by is the conversations that are being had in multiple languages as I stroll through the lobby of the Royal Senesta with my little my little uh, cocktail to go. G-E-A-U-X, New Orleans spelling style. Uh, you know, you'll you'll walk by an Italian conversation in Italian, Spanish, um, you know, any number of different uh, languages. And, and in that respect, we have some severe limitations this year because based on the various reciprocated and unreciprocated travel bans between countries, the uh, status of the COVID-19 coronavirus, we obviously can't get together in a big, hot, sweaty place where we're all in the same room. And so in that respect, you and the Tales of the Cocktail team have really kind of pivoted hard in the several months since this has happened. And so could you just walk us through what that pivot looked like and, and what this year's offerings are going to entail? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we hit on this year is I keep preaching on this is like that education and that community. Like so many times we hear people have attended Dave Wonders seminar, but the best moment they had was when they were able to walk up to them after and say, Hey, it's so nice to meet you. I have this question, but we also wanted it as we go digital. Like we knew that we had to give flex. We wanted to give flexibility, right? Like everyone is in a really different phase of where they are and what's happening in their lives. And so we really wanted to use that flexibility as well. So what, what we're going to do is you have an opportunity to sign up to join Digital Tales starting August 31st. And with that, you're going to get access to all of the seminars. So we have about 25 seminars that we've pre-recorded. So this, you can actually go in at your leisure and watch those conversations. But what we've done with that is we've also scheduled live Q and A's. So do the research, do the homework. If you don't want to, and you just want to see live Q and A's, that's okay as well. You may not know what the hell's going on, but that's between, that's up, that's your journey. Um, and then the other thing that we wanted to make sure that we were capturing is the, just this moment in history and how things are changing so quickly. So typically for a tale seminar to get submitted, it is, it's a process. It started last October. There are three different rounds. We have, you know, we had over 700, uh, close to a thousand uh, people apply to have their seminars uh, presented at tales. Um, we curate that down through our education committee. We have an education committee of 24 people from across the globe. So we have people in China, Dubai, Amsterdam, Spain, the U.S., Mexico, and because we want to be, since it is so global, we want it to have that, we want to make sure that we're looking at it, not just from our perspective. And what we found this year was, I mean, no one was, no one knew, no one knew. So we scheduled um, live panels. And these live panels are going to have a lot to do with COVID relief. Um, regionally, it's going to have a lot to do with um, the Black Lives Matter movement and how that's affecting people individually, their communities, their companies. Um, and it gives us a little bit of flexibility because, you know, we have to plan and we have to get people in place. And but every time you plan something about two weeks later, something changes. And so this is our opportunity to make sure that we're bringing um, those voices in real time to the table. At the same time, we have our classic business culture beyond the bar, you know, our 101s, which if anyone is a, an enthusiast, you have to check out our 101s. They're killer. They're hour long basic courses on Mezcal, on tequila, on, you know, just a good refresher. So that, that's kind of how we've transitioned our seminars this year. The other cool thing that we've done, though, is we've also, well, let me back up real quick. Every single live seminar, every single live Q&A, every single thing that goes live that's outside of the partner booths is recorded, of course, with permission. And then it's also uploaded into that library. So if you are, if there are two chats happening at the same time and you miss it, you can always go back and rewatch it, which is really, really nice. And we haven't had that capability before. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have that global interaction, but what's really exciting is that we are, we're, we're going to have global conversations in their time zones, right? So mm -hmm. it may be 2 a.m. here, but we've got a really interesting conversation happening in Australia. Um, and again, if you don't want to get up at 2 a.m., you can watch it later, <laughs> which is great. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so other than that, we have roundtables that are happening. These are groups of 16 that are really diving into specific 
um, you know, specific things. And then other than that, we also have all of our partner activations. So usually you would bop around the French Quarter, but they have a digital, um, like a digital thing you can click on. So you would click on, you know, William Grant, and you would be able to go in there and see all of the friendly brand ambassadors, um, you know, you'll get to see who all's in there. You can video chat with them. They're doing different events. And we also have just regular events on our schedule. So um, like Brown Foreman is doing some really cool, I mean, everyone's doing all this really cool things. It's all on the schedule. And the thing I'm most excited about, so I'm not most excited, I'm excited about all of it, but we're also <laughs> doing these um, mentorship office hours to life where I would recommend if there's someone that you really want to chat with or that you've been dying to get in front of, we're, we've asked um, a lot of different voices across the globe to donate at least 90 minutes of their time for 30 minute mentor office hour sessions. So this is that direct access that you're gonna get to people um, all across the globe, which is pretty cool. And it's in a very, um, hopefully it's in a very easy format to figure it out. So yeah. that was a lot, I'm sorry. I didn't, but you can tell I'm excited. Well, I, that's all super exciting. I mean, obviously the flexibility is a huge thing here because, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're in your little class sign up mode, you, you have to sit there and compare two things that you both really want. It's like, well, this is a really shiny apple and this is a really shiny orange. Why must I choose? Well, it's because you're only one person. You have this limitation right. of having one body and, you know, needing that to be in one place at a given time. Otherwise, you're, you know, just a collection of random particles. Um, so this allows you to kind of, you know, have the whole buffet. This is this is like a tails buffet. And uh, despite the fact that, that we... Uh, don't really have the option to take part in the wonderful live events. I mean, it, it seems like what you've tried to do, especially with the mentorship hours, is you know kind of supplement the lack of live interaction with actually more one-on-one -on -one digital interaction mm -hmm. opportunities. Is that yeah. somewhat right? Absolutely. I mean, I think we still want even if everyone can experience it, we want people to feel like they have that opportunity. And, and the cool thing is, is once you sign up, you can message people within the app or within the website. And mm -hmm. um, we really want you to have that experience of walking down the hall at the Royal Sinesta and running into Cullen Appiah or running into Jacob Breyer. You know, like we want that feeling. Uh, there's like an opening like chat. It was so funny. We were doing a run through the other day and I was like, where, where's the lobby? And they're like, Caroline, like it's virtual. There's not a lobby. And I was like, well, we have to have a rock, like a chat room. That's a lobby. Like we got to have some people, like we've got to keep them flowing through. <laughs> so there, there's like a digital chat room now. That's like a lobby. So um, we've got some people that are going to be spaced out there throughout the day. And I think there are going to be some really cool surprises too. Like, you know, our brand partners always, if you're ever been able to attend tales in person, what they do is, incredible. I mean, they mm -hmm. always come up with the most creative, thoughtful ways to engage our, to engage us. And um, I'm really excited to see how they do that digitally. Yeah, it's it's funny how the lobby really is an interesting component to Tales. Uh, last year, I got off my plane and turned around and there was Eric Anderson, the uh, brand rep from William Grant and Sons, <laughs> at young Mr. Flanagan on Instagram. Uh, and uh, we, we we shared a cab, you know, we shared a car into into the city, and um, and then I was able to bump into him a number of times, um, you know, in, in the lobby. That's just a, a single example yeah. of you know, like the types of amazing people that you meet, and then just like the the sheer casual nature of it. I I think for people who are home enthusiasts who have perhaps a extensive library of cocktail books, like you're just going to literally run into these authors like you know in their disheveled state having just come out of the dead the downpour that you just walked out of yeah. uh you know uh so so there's this there's certainly a serendipitous aspect to it and and i i know and certainly appreciate the fact that that you put effort into replicating that in the digital space. So so kudos kudos on that. Now, one thing you were also alluding to just now mm -hmm. is these brand activations. Usually, they're in the form of tasting rooms and and special events. Mm -hmm. 
In the past, there have been things like cement mixers full of daiquiris, I believe. Uh, I think I heard a story about maybe Wayne Curtis. I could be getting that wrong. Shaking up Ramos gin fizzes in like a a hardware store paint shaker machines. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the crazy shit happens. And so I was wondering... If there was anything, I don't, I don't want you to have to spill the entire can of beans and, and ruin the entire magic of what's going to happen. I want to I want to leave a little bit of anticipation for our listeners here, but are there any particularly cool, innovative ways that some of these brands or educators or authors have, have taken this digital directive and found cool ways to kind of make it, make it feel really interesting? I mean, I think every, I'm not quite ready to share. Everyone at the moment where, um, you know, everything's due in at the end of this week. And so we talked about ideas, but nothing has like finalized come in. I know that William Grant, who you were talking about, they're doing like, nothing is finalized yet, but they always have such an amazing showing. And I I think they're up Mm -hmm. to some really cool things this year. But I mean, all of our partners are, and that's the other great thing is, you know, our partners came back this year and this is a year that um, I'm really, really appreciative of that because it's, it's a tough year for everyone, even our, our brand partners. And just to see them all coming back in is really special. So I can't give anything away yet, but I would highly recommend signing up on August 31st because Mm -hmm. it's all be in by then. And you can go ahead and make sure that you plan around all those special moments. And I think they're going to be like little surprises throughout as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to that end, you know, we, we've got, we've got kind of a split audience here on the modern bar cart podcast. We've got on the one hand, a lot of bartenders and distillers and folks sort of very embedded in the industry who, who listen to our podcast every week, every week. And then on the other hand, we have just these incredibly actually like really crazy talented home bartenders. And, um, so I was wondering that, you know, for those people who might be getting their first taste of Tales 2020 through this uh, through this podcast. Could you uh, give them the best way to either sign up for an email list or yeah. follow a social media account or like, so August 31st comes, how do I get an automatic notification on my phone that it's time to sign up? Yeah, so if you go to talesofthecocktail.org, uh, you can sign up for our email list, which is, we're going to be emailing everyone. It will also be on the front of our homepage, August 31st. You can follow us at Tales of the Cocktail with an underscore in between each of the words on Instagram, as well as Facebook. Um, we have Twitter. We're not super active on Twitter, but you can also tweet if you'd like. Um, but those are the ways that you can catch up with us. Awesome. Awesome. And so, and, and again, to reiterate, this this is this is free, correct? Like Completely free, 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 free. Okay. This is the first time we've ever done that. I mean, just so if you've never been to Tales, um, we always pay our presenters. Um, you know, we always have a stipend. Um, we will always continue to do that. But we know that this is such a tough year. And, you know, majority of our audience are bartenders. And I just said there's no way in hell that we can charge anyone this year. So that is for everyone who's not a bartender. Uh, thank your local bartender. <laughs> And enjoy and take a deep dive. And I think one thing that you could do is we're putting out this year, um, we're we're putting out, uh, we're calling it a playbill. And we're taking a look with a few of, you know, amazing people in our spirits community that sit on our committees. And we're asking them to give some highlights of what they are going to do during Tales. So that's going to be an email coming out. So make sure to sign up for our email list. And we're also having our bookstore this year. So we work with a local bookstore that we have for over a decade. They're amazing here. I'm going to be completely honest. Like we're not taking a cent from them. And um, by doing that, they're able to offer free shipping, which is pretty cool. And they're going to have book conversations with the authors there. Um, It's just going to be really cool. So take your time, dive in, you know, listen to a couple of the seminars. Uh, They're just, there's so many great people in our community. And if you haven't had an opportunity, this is going to be a great opportunity to, to dig deep and get to meet some of these wonderful folks. Well, that's good. We're going to put Bezos on notice and just let him know that James from Octavia Books is coming for him with that free shipping. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to let him know. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, for, for folks who've never been to Tales, there's uh, usually a great uh, setup called the, the Bitters and Bookstore where they have mm -hmm. a lot of uh, cocktail bitters, of course. Our, our bitters have been featured there in the past, uh, as well as, um, you know, just basically all the cocktail books. And not only all the cocktail books, you can actually uh, meet some of the authors. Uh, a lot of authors will do a half hour, hour segments where they have, you know, like a live signing there. Um, so in that respect, that that's a really nice uh, feature of, of Tales in person. I was able to, uh, I was actually or, uh, able to corner Derek Brown into a podcast interview and, and we live in the same city and yet it had took Tales of the Cocktail to, uh, to make that happen. So a big fan of the, uh, of the bookstore as well. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, again, we're trying to keep these things alive, right? Like you, you've got to figure out like how to keep these moments going and I, I think it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It certainly sounds like it. So I guess the last detail that I'll, that I'll ask, and maybe this isn't all completely uh, set in stone yet, but we've got that the August 31st is the time that we're going to sign up for all these events or, or start to, you know, sign up for, for the, you know, for, for the, the offerings that, that exist. Yeah. When, when will the actual content be released? And is there any sort of expiration on it, at least through, yeah. through the year of 2020? So it's through the year of 2020 at least. Um, I'll be excited to see how it, I mean, we're in one of those places where I think that we could extend it if we'd like to. Um, mm -hmm. And when you sign up on the 20, on the 31st, you're going to be able to go ahead and start watching some of that. So like oh, wow. at that point, you're going to be able to really start digging in um, everything that we have recorded. And again, I think it's like 27 seminars that are pre-recorded. Um, you're going to have access to those. So things will continue. I think the only thing that I would say is um, continue to check back up with the website. Um, you know, a lot of our partners, this is their first time doing a big, big digital something like this. So if they don't have everything in on time, then we'll just, it, it will come in as it comes in. It'll all be there before we kick off in September, but um, just keep touching back. Um, but I, I, again, I, I think it's going to be, really great because I don't even get to see all the seminars. I mean, during Tales, I'm the one who's running around and I'm super excited to be able to sit down with a stiff martini at the end of the day and, and uh, be able to watch it and learn a little bit. Yeah, totally. So two quick things I just want to touch on before we move on to the lightning round here. One is that you mentioned that Tales of the Cocktail has an app. And normally uh, when it's an in-person event, I find this app absolutely indispensable. It's a, it's a great app. It allows you to sync up, you know, kind of like with your calendar, you can, right. you, you can, you can, you can really like, if you, if you want to make sure you're in a certain place at a certain time, you want to make sure you know exactly what room a given seminar is taking place in. So you can maybe scout it out ahead of time. It's a fantastic tool. Um, is there any changes with the app this year? Is it still, is, is it going to be as useful? What, what are your recommendations for our users? You know, I was, I was just about to slack my team because I, I know it's not the same app. Um, the person that we use this, that we typically do the app through is a more live events focused app. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's all through the website this year. I, I'm okay. like 90% sure. So sadly, you're gonna have to hold on to that app for one more year, but um, it, it's all, I mean, it's all phone enabled and mm -hmm. it does like link directly to your calendar and so on and so forth. But I don't think it's a specific app that you download. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to ask that question because that's actually a great one. And I, I can't believe I haven't thought about that. Well, regardless, it's a great app. So when Tales of the Cocktail does return <laughs> yeah. bigger and better than ever, make sure you get the app for those of you yeah. who, who get, get get a taste this year and decide to go in for the full meal next year. Um, certainly recommend the app. And then, you know, Caroline, this is this has been great. I mean, I think I think what we've done is, um, you know, we, we've kind of we've kind of showed people what Tales has been in the past. We've uh, kind of gone through some of the really intelligent pivots that you've done uh, to really accommodate for the the strange times that we're living in right now, and uh, I gotta I gotta be honest with you, I'm super stoked because, uh, I, like I said earlier, I'm the nerdy guy who who just wants to take the classes, and now you're just giving them all to me for free. <laughs> See? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm all in on this. I'm all in. Um, so uh, do you have anything that you want to share with us? Any any concluding thoughts or remarks before we jump into the lightning round here? No, I, I just 
again, I, I would love for you all to come by and see what we're doing. We are, you know, our, our whole motto is there's never a finish line. We're going to continue to work and make this better. Our hope is that this year we're able to learn a lot about this digital platform and even incorporate some things that we really like into that in-person gathering. And we can do that again. Um, and we hope that everyone is healthy and safe and, um, we're, we're here for you. We're here for you. And we're just looking forward to a time when we can all be together in person again. Absolutely. I think it's going to make the next time even sweeter. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. That's a great note to wrap up on. Let's, let's hit some of these lightning round questions, shall we? Yeah. All right. What is your favorite cocktail? And if you don't have a favorite of all time, what's something you've more recently become obsessed with? I am obsessed with a Chinar spritz. It's like an Aperol spritz, but like not as sweet, still delicious. It looks brown and interesting. I always feel cool when I order it because, you know, it's not something you order every day. It's still low ABV. Chinar spritz, mm. highly recommend. Mm, mm, love that artichoke. <laughs> I love that artichoke tomorrow. Absolutely. If you were a cocktail ingredient, what would you be and why? Ooh. I'd be a twist. I'd be that little Sprite, that little fresh little note that you put in. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'm for everyone, but I, I do think I make most things better. Um, so that's mm -hmm. what I would be. Yeah. Sort of kind of goes back to, to the role that you play. You're sort of just, you're the catalyst that uh, <laughs> takes all these people and uh, gets them together and makes them work. So I think that I, you know, personally, I'm a big martini twist guy. Mm -hmm. I, can, I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to do it without my beloved twist. So mm -hmm. I love that answer. Good. If you could have a cocktail with anybody in the world, past or present, who would it be? Where would you go? What would you drink? Just kind of paint us a picture. Yeah. So I also love caftans. Like, and caftans are just big flowy dresses for people that don't know that. I, I try not to ever wear pants because I just don't like it. And so um, my great uncle was a, nam a man named William Spratling. And he lived here in the French Quarter with William Faulkner. He was an architecture professor at Tulane. Uh, he was bisexual. Our family kind of ousted him for a long time, but he ended up moving to Mexico City and creating these beautiful silver designs. And so um, everyone in my family is like, you're a little bit like that guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would love to meet him. I would love to be in Mexico City. And I would love to have Julia Child with us. I would like to be at Pujol. I would like to be day drinking. I love day drinking more than anything. I'd much rather mm -hmm. during the day than at night because like how luxe is it to drink during the day? Mm -hmm. And um, it would be a really, really long meal with cocktail pairings across the board. And um, just a, I, I just want to pick both their brains. They're, those are the two people I want to meet. That's amazing. Big fan of Julia Child. And uh, yeah, that's that sounds that sounds like an amazing time. You can come. Come on. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Sold. All right. What is a uh, common or traditional cocktail ingredient that you've never tasted and why? I'm trying to think. Oh, I've never tried Malort. Oh, interesting. I've never. Very good. Um, and again, one of my dearest friends loves it. Everyone, you know, it's very, it's very polarizing, but I, I actually met the woman who uh, is the ambassador for Malort last year. And I was like, I have to be honest. And she just run out of her bottle of Malort. And I was like, this might be for the best. What are your thoughts? Oh. Uh, I've only had it a couple times. Yeah. It is, you know, I, I'm a bitters guy. I like, I like bitterness as a taste. Uh, so, so to me, you know, I do enjoy the, the bracing qualities of it, but, uh, there was, uh, I think about maybe, maybe a year, year and a half ago, there was a, a slight distribution disruption and there was some uncertainty as to whether Malort would be distributed in DC in the future and bartenders went nuts. They were not happy about that. So uh, luckily, I, luckily the, the distribution relationship has been reconnected and DC now has a, a line straight to Chicago again. Uh, but it, it was dicey there for a little while. Yeah. I got to try my Lord. I got to do that. All right. Wrapping up here. What's an unusual or controversial view or belief that you hold in the spirits and cocktail space? So again, I, I'm not a bartender. I, I'm a philanthropist. I've owned two restaurants that both failed miserably in my lifetime. I love hospitality. I'm, I'm not great at running it though. And um, 
I'll never forget, I asked Wayne Curtis, we were talking about him earlier, Wayne lives here in New Orleans, friends before I took this post at Tales, and um, I said, I just want you to walk around, because I'd been so in the chef world for so long, I was like, I need you to walk around and introduce me to people. And we, you know, Jeff Berry, who owns Latitude, and his wife, Anine, are just super dear friends, and we'd gone there, and I, I just trust them. I'm like, oh, something with rum, and we had, you know, sh a shark attack, and we were finally on our third spot. <laughs> And I was like, I just, I, I just need like mother's milk to me. And listen, this is the most basic bitch thing in the world, but I still love a vodka soda. I still love it. And I ordered it and Wayne looked at me and he was like, you know, people watch what you order now. <laughs> I was like, Wayne, I can't help it. I sometimes love a vodka soda. I like other things too, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll do a vodka soda every once in a while. And I'll also do an ice pick, which is an mm. iced tea and vodka. I know. Ooh. I know. It, it's not it's okay. not cool at all, but it's me. This might make you feel a little bit better. I recently had an interview with Elaine Duff, and oh. um, her her controversial view is that uh, bars should carry like white claws and vodka sodas, not a ton, but like a a selection of of canned you know uh, canned cocktails and canned you know vodka ands. I, I I think it'd be great, but again, mm -hmm. it's not a popular view. <laughs> But it's me. <laughs> but you know what? You're, you're not alone. So you're in good company. Uh, well, Caroline, this has been uh, fantastic. I, I can't express how excited I am that A, Tails is, is not um, throwing up the white flag this year just because things are tough. Uh, I am super stoked for all the offerings and uh, especially for the flexibility to be able to kind of fill my plate clean my plate and then go back to the buffet for more. And and I'm excited also finally that, that you've really put some consideration into bringing some of these intangible aspects of tales of the cocktail, the serendipity of the lobby, we'll call it, uh, into the digital offering. So personally, just for me, uh, thank you so much for, for what you've done. And um, thank you also for the opportunity to uh, allow our listeners who might not otherwise be able to travel down to New Orleans to get a taste so that uh, maybe we can help loop them into that uh, millions of dollars of economic impact yeah. next time we're able to flood into the city of New Orleans. Absolutely. And thank you for coming and supporting. Thank you for covering it and um, look forward to a time where we can have a cocktail together soon. One more time with those digital addresses, website and social media, if you please. Sure. Tales, and that's T-A-L-E-S of the cocktail.org. And then it's Tales of the Cocktail at Instagram and Tales of the Cocktail on Facebook. Yep. Get those underscores on the Instagram and on Facebook. You can just type it into the search bar. Of course, we'll have all the links to those social media handles and websites over at modernbarcart.com forward slash podcast on the show notes page. And uh, you know what? Uh, we'll also try to plan it into our social media calendar to send out a reminder on uh, August 31st when, uh, when the course offerings are live. Very cool. I'd appreciate that. And thank you. And thanks to everyone who's tuning in. Um, Hope to see y'all soon. All right. Thanks for being on the podcast, Caroline. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two big things you can do for us here at Modern Bar Cart. One would be to tell your friends and family if you think they'd enjoy listening to us talk about cocktails. And if they don't download podcasts, they can always stream our episodes on their desktop directly from the show notes page at modernbarcart.com. The other thing you can do to help would be to head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars are great, but we're more interested in your feedback. And the beauty is the more reviews we have, the easier it will be for other folks out there to learn about our show. We're trying to start a cocktail revolution here and by spreading the word, you're helping us fight the good fight. You can always reach us by emailing podcast at modernbarcart.com if you're looking for cocktail or bartending advice, or if you're a pro who would like to pull up a mic and be interviewed for all to hear. Also, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Bar Cart for cocktail porn, recipes, and entertaining tips. And 
keep an eye out for new product releases and special offers, which are happening all the time. We love our listeners and we really enjoy giving you exclusive discounts and sneak peeks at our latest and greatest cocktail projects. This episode may be over, but for you, the mixological fun and adventures are just beginning. So remember folks, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. This episode was made possible with editing and production assistance by Samantha Reed. Digital Tales of the Cocktail insights and updates, courtesy of Caroline Rosen and the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation, and a little bit of interview magic by yours truly. This has been a Modern Bar Cart production, copyright 2020.